right now, economically, is an opportunity to overcome something. Is is your chance as a skilled entrepreneur to right? This is this is where I show people that I know my onions. This is where you sort the wheat from the chaff. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. It's Joel and Andy, and today we're talking about when the going gets tough. Name that tune, Andy. Not the theme tune. The Billy Ocean. Is it? Yeah, name the film. Oh, I've no idea. Oh, right. Um, Jewel and Isle. Oh, right, yeah, no where chance. He's, where he's got Michael Douglas, Danny DeVito and Kathleen Turner as his backing singers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great video. Oh, yeah, no, no yeah. What yeah. year are we talking? Uh, so, Romance of the Stone was about 84, 85. So, Jewel the Nile... 87? This is a sequel, 88, is it? 88, yeah. And what What are they? What's it about? Michael Douglas, what, you've never seen them? No, I was born after them, so... Fucking hell, Romance of the Stone. So, um, Kathleen Turner's an, uh, an author, and her yeah. sister gets kidnapped, and she goes to Colombia or wherever it is, it's somewhere in South America, to try and find her, and bumps into an adventure, Michael Douglas, and they go off to try and find her, and they fall in love. Danny DeVito's the baddie, um, they're all hunting some diamond, I think. And then Jewel in the Nile. The sequel is is pretty much the same, just set in a different country. Both very funny. Um, and definitely they um, and they've aged pretty well. I think if you watch it, you'd be surprised. Dan oh. Vito's brilliant. Well, he's good in everything, isn't yeah, he? He's, he's he's really he's, cool. He's almost like an undercast actor because he's not in that much stuff. When you like look back, he's not he's not in because he's a TV actor as well, and he's really bloody good. Like yeah. I bet this lot don't even know who he is. By this lot, I they mean might, the Cobra. They might crew. do now from Jumanji. Is he in Jumanji? Yeah, the Jumanji too. Yeah, he he plays um, he plays the the kid's granddad in it alongside the Rock. He's hilarious. Oh right, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's really funny. See, like when I was a kid, the two things he was massively famous for were Twins and Batman Returns. Oh yeah, and so. Yeah, and then he was in Matilda a bit later on. So. Yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah, Jumanji two, the next level, or whatever. He's really funny in that. Uh, I, I think I've seen that, but I can't remember him being in it. So, so anyway, right? Is yeah, it, is we weren't talking about the song. Um, no, I guess no, not really. But the mood music out there at the minute isn't that fun. We're bumping into a few people that are finding times hard. Um, Cause he lives in it. Cost of, was that cost of living in Andy Talk? Was it because he lives? No, that's the youth talk. Because he lives. <laughs> the youth talk. Which youth? Because I'm worried about them. Because <laughs> he lives. Jesus. Is yeah, that... so, someone is, um, I know, selling something on eBay or something, and it came down to arguing over a few pence. And someone says, well, it's because he lives, isn't it? And then it's in the. You know, they have that phrase of the year. Or yeah, whatever. and that was in the contention yeah, for phrase yeah. of the year. Because he lives. That's quite funny, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I think, I don't, you know, I think the key thing to say is there's always money in the economy. Like, this is not, we're not about to get our, our and he didn't fart then, by the way, it was just that he moved on his chair. Um, it's, yeah. I can fart now and get away with it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that, 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 that was a stomach virus joke, by the way. <laughs> Uh, so, um, the point the point being, there's always money in the economy. 
the biggest businesses have always come out of hard times. So this is not a time to get the tiny violin out podcast. That's not what I'm saying. But it isn't it is important to address the elephant in the room sometimes. And if multiple businesses are saying to us, Oh, our invoices aren't getting paid, times are hard it's harder to find good leads or um, less people coming into our shop, the kind of things that we are hearing. There are actually tactics out there and things you can do as a business owner to alleviate that that I think is useful information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And like I say, there are businesses doing well. There are businesses in a certain industry that might be more effective than others doing well. So why are they doing well, but you're not? Um, I'd certainly think there are businesses that are basically saying everything's amazing and great and it's not. Mm. I'm not saying you have to like cry and, and unburn your woes on everyone you talk to. Um, but we, we know ourselves. There have been people out there going, oh, I'm just so fucking busy. I'm just so bu- fucking busy. And yet when it comes to paying their bills, they don't pay. Yeah, They don't pay. And it just turns out they haven't got a pot to piss in there, which we sort of talked about. And, the and they might be busy. Doesn't mean they're doing well. So don't like be fooled by these people who are banging on about how busy they are. I'm fucking busy at the moment. I'm certainly not Scrooge McDuck swimming in a pool full of gold. Like, yeah. Arsenal's put a fifty fifty pound deposit down. That will show you show you quickly how busy slash money. Yeah, really yeah, exactly. So you've got to like you've got to address the reality of your situation. So if your situation is for whatever reason, oh, we're feeling we're feeling the pinch at the minute. Uh, post-Brexit, post-Covid, whatever you think the reason is in your industry, I guarantee you there's some, like you've just said, there's someone in your industry that isn't, that is succeeding, and there's a reason they're finding success. And also, sitting there dwelling on it is not going to change the outcome. Yeah, you, uh, you've got to take action. And what's that, that old phrase about, you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten, so things Einstein, are, isn't it? That's the, who's that? Isn't that the definition of insanity or something? Definition well, of insanity be. is do every quote, doing the same thing and wondering why you got the same result. Or yeah, something. every quote at the moment is by Einstein or Churchill. Um, but I think if <clears throat> that acknowledgement that something needs to change, you need to adapt like a lot of businesses had to during, during lockdown. Because if you just like bury your head in the sand and just do the same shit that just worked for whatever reason isn't working anymore, then you've got to try something else. Yeah. And that's, you know, we always say the six words that will kill any business. We've always done it this way. Yeah. That's like, oh, leaflets always work well for me. Well, they're not fucking working now. So maybe it's the time to either try different leaflets or try a different or, campaign. Or do it properly. Yeah. Facebook ads. Oh, it used to cost me £2 a lead. Yeah, well, it doesn't now. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a great example by Alex Hormozzi where he was trying to get his gym going, one of his first businesses, and he had a mentor. And he was really worried because he was so overexposed on this gym. Like, yeah, all in on this gym. And, and his mentor said, oh, have you tried leafleting all the local... He didn't say business parks, but he meant business parks, whatever the American term is for... I don't know corporate real estate like um and so he leafleted them and nothing happened and then he rang his mentor up and said well i did what you told me to do i leafleted all of the businesses and uh, a couple of people have come in and said they've seen the leaflet but no real change so oh, how many leaflets did you 
do? He said, well, across the month I did 500 leaflets. And the bloke laughed at him. He said, what are you laughing at? He said, we do 50,000 a day. And he said, and that 50,000 a day gets us two customers a day. And he, it dawned on him, he was like, oh, shit. Like, I, the technique wasn't wrong. It was the volume of mm -hmm. what I was doing that was wrong. And I think there are a lot of businesses, a lot of businesses that fundamentally they know what they need to do. They've just never done it to the volume that they need to do. I mean, we've fallen into that trap before. We, we, we know we have that, like, oh, we're going to put on an event. We know what the event's going to raise in terms of income. And so we've got a ceiling on what we're willing to risk to put the event on. But the reality is that that event's going to generate customers with a lifetime value of X. And so actually our ceiling of what we should be willing to spend should be based on the result, not the event itself. That is tricky mm. because you've got limiting beliefs based on cash flow, not based on future profits. Well, we, we know a lady who's super successful, millions of followers, multimillionaire, um, and it got to the point where she was looking after uh, an ill relative in hospital and she was sat next to the bed on her phone, basically about to put, I think, 125 grand on her Amex. And it's like, shit. Uh, you know, now that returned, I think, you know, a quarter of a million. Basically, for every pound she spends, she earns two pounds. Um, she's in the e-commerce game. But not many people are willing to do that. Cause it's all very well when these gurus are on stage saying, yeah, you know, book your five-star holiday Dubai at Christmas and that will give you something to work towards. That will spur you on to do mm. it. It's like, yeah, that ain't going to work if every night you're up thinking, shit, I've got a holiday to pay for that I can't afford. It's A lot of this is going to be down to the individual, but there are things you can do in terms of your resilience and mindset. But for that to work, you've got to be open to it. And we know, something else we learned the hard way, some people just ain't coachable. They, they, they don't want to change. They just are quite happy moaning. Yeah. I think, and you know, the, I, I can fall into this trap, and I think Andy would say that he, he can too sometimes. You can't think or moan your way out of a situation. No, it's not me. <laughs> and so if you're moaning but there's action... I don't think that's you either, to be honest. It's, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I just know that I can, I could, it could happen, that I can spend so much time thinking about what I'm going to do that actually I'm not taking action. Now, I'm fortunate that I've got boundaries and sort of relative amounts of discipline in my life that, full disclosure, the way I work, if I just worked from home, I would think myself into a pit of despair. So I get in the car and come to the office because I know I'll take action in the office and taking action is half the battle. Discipline meets motivation. Yeah. I know that's an old phrase, but it only really sunk in with me a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, shit, because so, there's so many motivational gurus out there, aren't they? And motivation's great, but yeah, discipline. Uh, and, and on that point, right, and this is a personal opinion, but uh, there's there's logic. Being motivated... My humble but correct opinion. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Being motivated all the time would be fucking knackering. <sighs> I think these people who you might think are motivated all the time, I pretty much bet every two months they have a breakdown. Oh, imagine they, bouncing off the walls all the time. Yeah, they yeah. cry, spend, spend a weekend in bed. Then, right, I've got to get on it again now. Unless you're some sort of, you know, I've just finished David Gogging's second book, ironically called Never Finished. Um, 
And holy shit, there are just some special people. Yeah. Who everything's got to be a chore. Everything's got to be a challenge. Fucking, you know, iron sharpens iron, all that kind of stuff. And now most of us aren't like that. And most of us yeah, don't, I, I think don't want to be like I, that. He, I mean, he's a warrior, literally a warrior. And, you know, every tribe needs a warrior. If, if, you, we were get back, if we were about to go to war, the best thing, mm. the best thing to look for is your Goggins characters, because he... I'll be right behind him. Yeah. <laughs> get that. And, like... But that isn't what we're talking about here. We're talking about the average entrepreneur, let's say, that wants to drive their business forward, but they're worried about the economy or Brexit or whatever it might be. And chastising yourself and making yourself go for a run in the snow every day is probably not going to move your business forward. So you've got to find a way that you can make sure that you're doing your minimums. And like in, in my case, it's like, I know if I go to the office, I will at least move the business forward. It might not move it as far forward as I want to, well, I never will, to be honest, because that's a, just a personal thing. I'd never quite do what I hope to do. But I will have made progress with the business. So, I, you know, I can look you in the eyes, I can look my wife in the eyes, look the team in the eyes and say, today I made progress. It might not be the progress I wanted, but today I made progress. I think a lot of people fall into this trap of, like, looking for the magic pill, looking for that special answer of, like, oh, well, if this just changed, or if the phone just rang, or if I just got this inquiry, or... Well, well, that's why shit, like, fad diets always... Everyone knows that diets don't work, they're not sustainable, but why the fuck are they still selling their millions? Because people want that magic pill. Yeah. They want to be thin overnight. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, we're marketers. It's one of the easiest things to market. Scary, isn't it? It's, it's scary, like... Quick and... Everyone wants to be thin and uber rich and they all want it to be quick and easy not everyone okay but a lot of people. yeah well that's it i think like when you listen to some of these podcasts some of these like ultra successful people and you say like what's the definition of success to you none of them talk about how exciting their diet is or how great it is to have loads of money uh, maybe a few do mm. but not many people talk about how great it is to have some loads of money in the bank they they talk about the things like having structure and balance and being able to spend time with their families and yeah. be like and having freedom and that is all based on the fact that they've calmed themselves to a point that whether things are good or bad they always make progress in the direction that they want mm-hmm. and that might be with family might be business might be, and that's such a skill like I, it's a learnable skill it is a learnable skill but I would say like speaking personally if I'm making progress with the business I sometimes struggle to make progress in other areas of my life so if I'm making progress with the business maybe my personal self-care falls off or my relationship falls off and actually the game it's a bit like Ikigai I guess the game is to mm. try and have fulfilment in all areas but maybe not quite as much fulfilment and I don't think I don't think there can be any fulfilment unless there is a bit of resilience about you because shit's always going to happen even when things are good but when things are bad obviously there's, there's more shit happening and oh God, I sound like a really old fart now what I worry about younger generation my children included is that a lot of youngsters have whatever they need they've got roofs over their head they've got an iPhone they've got okay, Netflix they've got this and maybe they're not used to dealing with any challenges. So when life throws a curveball, as it's going to, they're not that equipped to deal with it. So I, you don't need to go full on Goggins. But if you regularly stick one foot outside the comfort zone, 
you will better be able to deal with the shit that life will throw at you. Yeah, and I, I worry about that, and it's not just the younger generation. Their definition of happiness is a dopamine hit. That is not happiness. That's a rush. It's not the same. Whereas, actually, you, I, I can't think of an example in my life where I felt happy that wasn't a result of overcoming something. So achieving something or getting through something challenging or um, going through a prolonged period of stress to get to the other side and then that feeling of like oh I've ac- accomplishment and it fills you up. Do you up. mean happiness or, or, or fulfilment? I th- well depends on your definition but I think people have mistaken the dopamine hit the rush of dopamine that you get when you go on a roller coaster or do drugs or um, play a game on your phone with happiness and so they're constantly trying to get that hit of dopamine and actually forgetting that you've got to overcome something to get fulfilment like happiness success whatever your definition of it is on the other side and like right now economically is an opportunity to overcome something is is your chance as a skilled entrepreneur to right this is this is where i show people that i know my onions this is this is where you sort the wheat from the chaff i'm i know in the next couple of years probably half my competitors are going to disappear and i'm going to show the world what i can do and you know sadly we've had too many of those occurrences in recent times but that's that's where we're at and I think like those people who can stop themselves from constantly scrolling on TikTok stop themselves from doing a line at the weekend or getting wildly drunk and focus on progress and looking at the bigger picture and it might not be business it could be family could be relationships could be walking the dog whatever it might be will be the ones that start to make a dent in when the going gets tough and that's why it's important i think overall to, to be so clear on your focus whether it's a quarterly focus a yearly focus no to know where you're going and why you're doing it so for some people that could be using journaling on a daily basis mm. what, whatever but a lot of people they go around in circles or, or go backwards because they don't know where they're going so if you're not clear on your vision and you're not clear on why you why you're doing it you just won't have as much impetus as you should. So whether it's you do it for your wife, your husband, your kids, your, whatever it might be. Some people are like, I want to be able to retire my parents because they did so much for me. That is a fucking lofty ambition. Great, focus on that. Mm. But if, you're, if you haven't got a positive like that to focus on, then shit, of course, your attention is going to be drawn to the negative. And as we know, where your attention goes, your energy flows. Who said that? And Andy Rao. <laughs> no, Einstein. Um, and... I'm not saying it it makes everything easier, but like you say, it will make progress, even if it's an inch at a time. Well, literally, before we came on this podcast, right, you and I said, oh, actually, let's draw up a list of targets tomorrow and go after them. And I immediately, like, not that we're in some ridiculously tough time, and just for the context of the podcast, I immediately felt good about that idea. I was like, shit, we should do that, because... What haven't we done? I haven't done that for ages. Let's do that then. Have we got all the stuff? Yeah, right, let's do it. And it's not going to 
it, I mean, it takes effort, obviously, but it's that whole like, right, yeah, that will be progress because let's say, like the example we were using was about uh, directly targeting, let's say, 20 individuals that we would like to work with. So we're going to send them something. Well, I know if we if we only do 20, that might result in one or two decent conversations. Well, that's one or two decent conversations we weren't having yesterday. So it was a worthwhile exercise for what will probably cost us 100 quid. And if that comes off, so if this time next week we're in two conversations off those 20, we'll do it again. Because unfortunately, sitting on your ass hoping things get better, will it, it's a fast way to ruin and, and to be feeling even more despondent. Yeah, action to, to, to proactively do something again to move you on the most direct route from A to B it's an amazing thing so when we do a strategy session with a new client it's like right A that's where we are today B 12 months time where do you want to be and we map out the most direct route there now of course you might veer a little bit left and right but at least you will be going in mm. a straight line generally a lot of people again they go around in circles shit hits a fan bloody war Cosy lives, whatever it might be, and, so, and suddenly they're like, uh, uh, "Shit, what do I do?" And they're like, "They're bunnying the headlights," and maybe they're not used. You know, I, I remember like in business the first time things got really tough. It's like, "Oh shit!" But I've got to be honest. You know, um, that's my wife, my wife and I in business, so we had each other. So it's nice, and me and you got each other. We've got our wives, and we do to, cuddle to have to have. To have someone else to lean on if if you're if you're single if you're uh, haven't got anyone else in your business maybe you have a mentor or a coach but to have have someone else to bounce ideas off someone else to talk to um, I think right what can I what isn't working what can I do differently to make a difference that that's massive mm. and the more you can um, Implement a game plan according to a strategy, the better. Because a strategy is more saying a strategy without a game plan is just a fucking expensive piece of paper. Here's my strategy. What do I need to do? What do I need to action, implement to move me along that line? Um, but also there are times where, you know, you, you can't give in. But there are some things you just got to say, right, I love it. But I've tested and measured this to the fucking end of it. It's not working I need to stop doing it. Yeah, and I... For us, I mean, I remember an example I had, like, I think it was 2008 or whatever. It was networking. Networking worked great for us. You took know, you another 10 years to persuade me. <laughs> the Bacon Bat Brigade, you know, and it's fantastic, but I realised, you know, because my business grew, and, my, and I was offering more value, so I was charging more. As soon as I started charging more, I, I started realising that breakfast networking, in terms of business generation wasn't as good as it was before and it got to the point where it just wasn't generating anything it's interesting that uh, this is going to be a tangent now so andy and i often talk about the two things you need in business is a great product and a starving audience and you know at the time you had a great product but what you didn't have was a starving audience in those breakfast networking rooms because we've seen people walk into those rooms who sell something that's far more expensive and do well because the audience thought they were starving for it now an example i've seen repeatedly do well in those environments is insurance salespeople. They go in, everyone needs insurance. They always seem to change insurer as soon as there's a new broker in the room, which just fucking blows mm. my mind. But they always do well. Conveyancing solicitors always do well in those environments because when you want to move house, you are bloody well, starving for a conveyance. Yeah, will writers always do well because they scare the shit out yeah. of you. My audience was peckish. 
And when you peckish, you'll pay something. But when you peckish, you won't pay a lot for it. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's, now, I'm not saying that will apply to anyone going breakfast networking. But for me, I just had to make that realisation that I need to knock this on the head. But I still fannied about with it probably for 18 months, two years longer than I needed to. Because it was like, but I feel law to these guys. And sometimes it's hard. You've got to cut some shit off. It could be bloody... I'm not saying email marketing. Email marketing is always a good thing. Um, I don't fucking Pinterest. Say you're using Pinterest, you love using Pinterest, but it's taking you an hour a day. What's it done for you? If you've been doing it for a long, long time, and you don't know, or the results yeah. aren't there. Fucking stop doing it. It's hard, isn't it? It's rough. Re- really difficult. Like I, yeah, I, that whole starving, like, and and the starving audience thing is like to find a starving audience is tricky. Like they, you occasionally will, like you'll find a, an audience that's got a problem, and you're the only person know, that knows how to solve it. If you find that, holy moly, make hay whilst the sun shines and get out. But the other side is you, you, you have to create demand, make the audience perceive that they're hungry for what you've got, which obviously where marketing comes in. And I think jobs in the iPad. The yeah, so I think when times are tough, like you know, cosy living, as you say trying to create demand becomes much harder because people mm-hmm. are harder to persuade away from the the core things they need so the the businesses that seem to do well at the moment are like value supermarkets because maybe people are moving away from the the main retailers to the value supermarkets to save a bit of money um you'll see the rise of like car brands like Dacia have started to do really well and Hyundai you know are probably the ones that did well before that same reason because people are saying, well, I can get a car that achieves the same thing to a similar standard for 10 grand less. And nail bars. Nail, yeah. Not so much to do with price, but the fact that maybe some people more than ever need to feel a bit better and they will spend money. Like, you, you find me a nail bar that isn't busy. Well, and I was, I was talking to someone Perhaps about this the other day because I was trying to figure out how this works. And she said to me, the way she used to treat herself was she'd get a haircut six times a year, and it would cost between two hundred and fifty and three hundred quid to get a haircut. Fucking hell, where'd you go? Time. Well, Tony and Guy, let's say. So she cut getting her hair done to three times a year, but now she gets her nails done once a month. So she saves money, but she treats herself mm. more frequently. And so she—that was her argument—was that the nail bars are doing well because it's twenty-five quid instead of mm. two hundred quid. But you still feel like you've pampered yourself a little bit. It's smart, that is. Yes, yeah, that's really, that's really smart. But yeah, there are certain, you know, um, you know, restaurants. Obviously, restaurants have had a hard time, but we know plenty of restaurants that are just doing so bloody well. Um, and and it, and it and it's hard. It can be annoying. You know, there's a couple of jewelers in town, right? Pretty much opposite each other. One really busy and successful, expanded quite a lot over like the past five mm. years. The jewellers opposite, fucking hell, it's a running joke that I wonder if anyone's going to be in there today. And generally speaking, there isn't. The whole shop is like empty apart from the shop assistant who must have the world's most boring job. So same industry, one's doing really well, one isn't. Okay, what are they fucking doing that I'm not? What, what am I missing? And, and often, like, that's moving with the times, right? Oh, like, like in this instance, that's what that's definitely what it is. Is one realised that the, the marketplace has become more sophisticated. So... Uh, we're talking about Shrewsbury, that's where we're based. And let's say the demographic of Shrewsbury until quite recently was mature. So they maybe weren't even smartphone users. They certainly wouldn't go into a Starbucks for a coffee. They would just go to their local coffee shop, that kind of thing. 
And so a jeweler's was a jeweler's. There was no mm. song and dance about it. There was no experiential bollocks going on. It was like, can you resize this ring? Yes or no. I need one of these. Can you do it? Yes or no. Can you repair my watch? Practical. Practical, rural people. <laughs> the demographic has moved. People now are a bit more savvy. You know, I'd say a lot of the like silver surfers are, are online. They they I watch. You say dead then, but they yeah. watch reality TV. They, you know, they 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 a bit more worldly than they were 15 years ago. And like, I don't mind saying, like we're normally a bit behind the times here anyway. This jewelers that you're talking about refreshed its branding, refreshed its frontage, made itself look modern, put that lovely lighting mm. in. You have a cup of tea when you go in there. And surprise, yeah. surprise, they're absolutely smashing it yeah. compared to the others. I think if you can provide an experience and if you can make things easy or market the ease, you'll be in a good place. Everything, want, and, and, and across all demographics, everyone now expects everything to be easy. So I mentioned restaurants. If you're a restaurant and you can't book a table online, fucking hell, you're in the dark ages. If if you expect people to pick up the phone and hope someone answers to book a table as opposed to just using a bookings app, I mean, and, bloody hell, you're sitting on gold. And people's expectations have gone up. Yeah. People have higher the expectations. Demands. Yeah, too right. So, like, I I literally remember as kids, if if we went out for a meal as a family, normally be on a Sunday, and we'd go out for a Sunday a roast. roast. Yeah, exactly. Like, grandparents would be coming. And... The definition of success for that meal, I would say, from my grand, led, led by my grandparents, but my parents fed into this too. Quantity, did you get? Did you get a lot? Right. So that was always good. Did you get a lot? Was it warm? And was it cooked through? And that was pretty yeah, high ceiling. Pre- pretty much <laughs> it. And and like my granddad would chuck in was was the beer all right? Oh. Like you know that that was kind of that was it. And so now. Because people have become educated in, like, cooking programs and all this stuff. Like, oh, my, my beef wasn't very pink. It wasn't very seasoned. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, oh, the, York, the Yorkshire's were a bit flat. Oh, I could have done with more butter in my mash. Oh, get to fuck. It was a 10-quid roast at the local pub. Uh, but that's what you're dealing with in that space. And jewellers going through the same thing. It's no longer enough for you to be a, a silversmith and an expert. People want to know what experience they're going to get when they come in. And, like, to the point now where, like, that's that's even the case for the budget supermarkets, the budget bakeries, that actually people still want to know that it's, it's going to be a nice experience. And if, if it's not, it's not enough anymore. Yeah, so conveying, conveying that, conveying how easy and effortless you make the acquisition of your product or service... It is is such a good starting point because if anyone perceives there's any effort involved, you're losing money. Mm. And we can moan and bitch about that as much as we want, but those are the facts. Every demographic is is quite demanding. In in the day where they can, you know, well, you just been to America and you're saying like on Amazon, you know, stuff gets delivered in an hour. Yeah, and it's like fucking hell. You know, when I explained to my daughters, do you know, I know that it's a funny story? That you used it. No. I bullied someone else into using it. Oh, okay. Adam. Yeah. So I stayed in an Airbnb with other entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs are a fun bunch. And uh, and uh, 
the 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 one lad that was with us, and he's he's a good lad, but he um he broke the blender, and it was a big glass blender. I was like, well, you better fucking replace that because I'm not paying the. It was me that arranged the accommodation, so I'm not paying the fine off the Airbnb host. And uh, yeah, basically, we then ended up finding out that you can get and you got one a blender hour, delivered in one hour delivery. <laughs> yeah, and I, and at the same time, we ended went down a rabbit hole. I think I told you this that in Dubai you can get things almost on instant delivery and so the guy that I was watching on YouTube did a ordered a pizza and raced it against a PS5 to see where it showed up first and the PS5 came first shit see when I explained to my teenage daughters the days of mail order you'd see an ad in a magazine you'd call up or fill out the form and post it and you get it 28 they were just yeah I was going to say yeah they used to literally say on, on the order sheet that you sent off if you haven't heard from us within 28 days, please get in touch with customer services. Because that's how long it took to ship from China. <laughs> um, but and then you had a yellow Weetabix bowl. Congratulations. Yeah, it's like uh, they expect things within a day. That, but that again, that's the reality. No point moaning about it. That's what we're dealing with. So if you take 10 days to deliver, but your competitor takes two, okay, what could you do to narrow down the gap? And if you can't, you need to focus on marketing some other strengths that you have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you almost need to play into it. So be like, look, our product takes longer because we put more care and attention into it. Oh, all right, I'll wait for that. And it's, and it's those, say in cycling, those marginal gains. You add up all those little things, that will make a market difference in your business. Because, you know, I guess the, the, the upshot of this podcast is be clear on where you're going, why you're doing what you do, and have an action plan in place. Because again, there's a ten. We can all do it, feel a bit sorry for ourselves and all that. We're not David Goggins. But we can all do something to probably stick one foot out of our comfort zone because we're clear on, on, on why we're doing what we do. Um, and I'd say if, if that's causing too much tension, that maybe business ownership isn't for you. We know mm. quite a few people who have gone back into the employed world, maybe even retrained, and they're happy. You know, accordingly, we do know others who have gone back to being employed, and every day they're just beating themselves up because they feel like a failure. And it's it's part of entrepreneurship. There are good times, there are bad times. Fucking hell, we've had some challenges. Um, but then acknowledging the fact that the, the freedoms we have, the flexibility, all these perks of being a business owner, and at the end of the day, who's going to reignite the economy? For all the good they do, it ain't the public sector. Or it's big private. corporates. Yeah, it's, 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 it's us, the, the... Small business the, owner, the, yeah. The, the humble small business owner. Um, and I've got to be honest, if, if you can't see any gaps in your market, um, if you can't, can't see the wood for the trees, then go to cobrake.co.uk, book a free consultation. Because even though we drive leads via digital ads there's a whole lot more to making the boat go faster. Yeah, get in touch.